What's up, world? Welcome to the Dig on Doug podcast. I'm your host, Doug, and I'm going to be bringing you episodes all about having fun, real, and deep conversations. So I hope you enjoy, and let's get digging. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the Dig on Doug podcast. Really excited about this episode, and um, we'll probably have a host of different episodes on this. I'm calling Father Friends, um, as Father's Day is approaching us here soon wanted to connect with some of my friends who are fathers and get their insight on what it means to be a father, their relationship with their fathers, and then what advice they have for people um, soon to be fathers, new fathers, and everything in that aspect. Me, myself, I'm not a father. Um, I lost my father when I was um, just six years old, and so that's a huge dynamic of my life. But wanted to um, connect with these wonderful gentlemen and really get their insight into what it means to be a father for them. And with this episode, I have my good friend Tobin coming to join me and talk about him growing up as a father and his relationship with his father. And so I'm excited to present this to you all. Hope you get something out of this. And let's get digging, y'all. Father friends. What's up, Tobin? I'm glad to have you here again, man. I really appreciate you. Um, being here again on the Dig on Doug podcast, man. Really appreciate it. Hey, thank you, Doug. I appreciate it. Uh, I love your podcast. Every time I'm on here, I have a good time. So I'm happy to be here today. Thank you. Oh, man. Really appreciate it. And so today I want to touch on uh, fatherhood. We have Father's Day coming up this Sunday and everything. And um, I'm not a father myself. Um, part of my history is I lost my father at a young age at the age of six, so I didn't really get to know him, but I'm always intrigued about fatherhood and one day myself being a father. So I want to, you know, do an episode around fatherhood and just get some advice and insight into um, fatherhood and what that means for you. And, and maybe this could, episode can also help some folks in who are young fathers or soon to be fathers and everything. Okay, absolutely. So if you could just start off in telling us, um, how many kids you have, um, and then maybe when did you have your first kid and all that stuff, and then your relationship with your father. So I, you know, uh, I have two children. I have a daughter and a son. Uh, my daughter is 23, soon to be 24, and my son is 20, soon to be 21. So uh, when I had my daughter, I believe I was 20. Okay. So I think I was 24 when I had my daughter and 26 when I had my son, if I remember correctly. I guess I'm a terrible father because I don't remember the age exactly. But no, yeah. no, no, that no, that means you're a great father because most parents don't remember their ages. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, so I think 27. No, that's that's a lie because I think I must have been 27 because they're three years apart. So yeah, I think it was 24 and 27, or either 23, 26, 24, 27. <laughs> he was in his 20s. I was in my 20s, yeah. You know, starting into, you know, early 20s, going into my, my mid-20s, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and how, was, how was that for you? Um, what was your makeup of your relationship with your father, and how did that influence you as a father, especially for your daughter, since I was your first one, and, and preparing yeah. you to be, to be a father? So, you know, my father and I had, uh, for the most part, we had a solid relationship. I thought we had a good relationship when I was very young. Mm -hmm. And I often th thought my father was a very, uh, 
he was a disciplinarian, military man, always had these rules of certain things to do. And, and I quite didn't understand as a teenager what, um, you know, what he was trying to do. I was like, man, I felt like he was on me a lot. And I would, you know, I, I love my dad. He's a great man. But I would be frustrated because I would be like, man, he seems like he's on me about things. But now that I look back on it, he was just trying to make sure that I understood the world was hard. And I understood that, you know, you know, life will beat you up and you're going to have to get up and continue fighting. And he tried to make sure he gave me kind of, um, you know, the inner strength to be to be strong enough, but also to be compassionate enough for others so I can be helpful and kind of make my mark on the world. Yeah. So when I had kids, you know, oh, sorry to cut you off, but when I had kids, my focus was trying to make them into the best people they could be so they could be, they could enjoy their lives, but also be productive people, but not necessarily be, um, be strict, but not so strict where they're like you know they were they were frustrated with me if you will yeah so finding that balance of guidance but also compassion in a sense absolutely i mean the guidance piece is really important because you know as you know when i you know i'm a young person and i i've got an idea of how i wanted to parent right yeah when you're when you're in this mindset of how you want to parent and you're like hey, i'm not going to do that the way my parents did they were <laughs> Well, you realize that's all thrown out the window because, <laughs> you know, because you realize, like, I realize why my parents are, were the way they were or would be growing up because kids are a lot and their thought process is a little bit different. What I tried to do was be, you know, my parents, you know, especially my father was like, hey, this is what I told you to do, do it. And what I tried to do add to the element of, let me do what I tell you to do because I need you to do it, but also come back around and explain why I'm telling you to do those things. Yeah. So in that moment, yes, get done what I need you to get done. And then I come around and say, hey, here's why I want you to do these things, or this is what I'm trying to help you with moving forward. And I think I did a pretty good job. My daughter said to me, we were, we were hanging out yesterday and she had said to me that, you know, I was a cool dad and, understanding and um no matter what was going on she felt she could talk to me about anything and that was all always what i tried to you know to both my children i'm like look there is nothing on this planet that happens that you need to sweep under the rug that you need to hide from me i will do my best not to get mad at you or upset with you but just understand if i am frustrated with something you're my most important thing in my life and i just want you to be okay so no matter what conversation that would have to be, whether it's about uh, pregnancy or sexuality or, or anything, uh, grades or anything on this planet, there is nothing that they could not come and talk to me. And oftentimes their friends would say, why don't tell your dad that? Or why are you telling your dad that? And, and they both would be like, oh, my dad's cool. It's all good. So I, I, was, I tried to you know, have an environment where they could come talk to me. No, that's 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 awesome because so many times you get that parent parent uh, child dynamic where it's only the disciplinary stuff and the, the hard stuff and everything. And so you talked about um, 
like learning the stuff from your father and and everything and and applying that to your to your children now um what was it like for you at at 24 and getting ready to to bring a child into this world like how what was your mindset then how were you were you nervous were you excited were you everywhere like like what was 24 year old tobin mindset about to be his a father for the first time well i think the biggest thing for me was i wasn't nervous about being a father i was probably concerned i always wanted to make sure financially i didn't struggle or my family didn't struggle so um at that time i was deep in the music business i was selling records i was you know and, and and back then uh, you know, when I was selling records, I was getting a check every 90 days. So it's not like, you know, what most people do today. They get paid every two weeks, right? So yeah. when you're an entrepreneur, you're like, oh, waiting for the check. Got to make sure that's right. Got to make sure people get paid properly, people I'm working with. And also I have to make sure that I'm making enough to, you know, pay my mortgage and take care of my children and take care of my family, you know, my family as a whole. So that was really what was bearing down on my mind is, how do I make the most money I can make to put myself and my family in a, in a, in a good situation where we would never have to worry about money? And yeah. that was really, you know, my primary goal and my primary focus is, yes, um, was there, there was a ton of excitement. That, that, that was, you know, all great because I was happy that I was uh, going to be a father. But I think my concern happened to be around whether or not I could financially uh, provide for them. Cause I know that's difficult because sometimes children are, are expensive. Yeah, no. And, and, and that's tough. And, and that's a vital thing. And if you can touch on that, cause so, so many times um, as, as men and, and fathers and, and providers, um, we, we, we shoulder that weight and it can be a lot. And a lot of times we don't have those conversations with people. How, how did you manage all of that? Well, I think for me, I had a good, you know, I had a good relationship with my wife. So if you've got a good relationship with your partner and you guys are, are the yin and yang and you support each other, a lot of that heavy stress is off your burden. It, it, okay. it comes off. It's not much of a burden. I don't know what it's like, you know, at, at 24 where I'm about to be a single dad or single parent because I, you know, I had a good relationship. So yeah. it was all about building a foundation and building a family. And there were no, you know, my children were planned. So I didn't, you know, there was no guesswork of like, oopsie, we're having a baby. (laughs) So we had an opportunity to be, you know, all in, right. You know, do all the shopping, have all the events and all this stuff around the happiness of having, having children. So that was exciting for me myself. I think the, I think, and I don't, I can't speak for all fathers. I can only speak for myself. Look, when both of my children were born, I was excited about it, but I didn't really feel the the true connection like my wife did, right? Mm -hmm. She's connecting with them. That's mama, mama. And so they were like two, two and a half, three, when they're like dad, dad, dad. Yeah. That's when it's like I felt connected. And, you know, the funny thing, like I was always the guy that got up. So when the kids were sick, even when they were teenagers, we're like, Oh, that's dad's deal. Dad's the doctor of the family. Dad's the guy. Dr. Dad. Yeah. That's really how it was. I was Dr. Dad. 
Now, all of the other stuff, my wife took care of. She took care of everything else, so she was a superhero. But, like, there was this, there's these got a little bit of time frames of when, okay, this was my thing and this is what I was in charge of, right? Yeah. I was the doctor dad, right? I was making sure, like, in the middle of the night, if anybody got up hungry, sick, need to go to bath or whatever, I was nighttime guy. So that was my thing, and I was good at it, and I had a sense of pride because, you know, it even got to the point where it would be funny when they got a little older, you know, probably preteen years, and they'd be sick, and, and my wife would be like, hey, you know that's dad's department? Go over there. <laughs> So, which was always so funny. And even, you know, even to this day when they, you know, when we talk or, or they need something, I'm, you know, I try to help them and I, I'm the guy that gets them the medicine and say, Hey, that'll make you feel better and all that stuff. Oh man. It's it, just from, just from hearing your voice and everything on that is it's, it's almost sounds in my head. I'm picturing you like as a superhero, just wishing away, like really excited to, to have that interaction and stuff with your kids in, in those moments. Yeah. I mean, we, we used to do some fun stuff and, you know, I was always, you know, wrestling with them and fighting with them and playing with them and singing and dancing and doing all that stuff. So I think they, you know, you'd have to ask them, but I think they appreciated that and thought that was kind of fun. I think there were times I was, was really hard on them. I mm. think that, I think what I struggled with, a lot of times I'd be traveling or come home or working or whatever. When I got home, whatever the situation they did wrong, my, my wife had already handled that. Yeah. So like sometimes, and then when something would happen, well, you know, my wife and I had agreed, we both can't be angry at them at the same time. Cause that would be <laughs> yeah. really terrible. So good cop, one bad cop. Would, yes. One person would have to be the bad cop and one person would have to be the good cop. The problem is, she usually got a chance to be the bad cop, so I always had to be like, "Ugh, I can't. Oh, I'm ready to jump in and pounce on him, but I can't because she's already the bad cop." So I got to be like, "Okay, I'd have to say, okay, let's let's calm down now. Let's work it out." Now, every once in a while, I got my chance. I was the bad cop, and she calmed me down. But uh, it, it didn't happen that often because it's not like I mean, those, they were so. They were both of them were so good all the way through high school. We never had any issues. Yeah, um, and they they were great. I never, you know, I never really cared about them if they were going to go party or they were going to come over. People were coming over. I, I didn't really have a a problem with that. They were just so they were good at communicating things, and I think that's because um, I just tried to lay the foundation of like, hey, expectation, right? And yeah. what I would you know, disappoint me. And they know I never wanted to be surprised with surprise. I'd rather them come tell me what's going on and I could figure it out. We could figure it out together. Yeah. So you definitely that message of like, come and tell me the full story so yep. I can understand and know how to approach this. But then if you lie to me and you don't tell me the full story, I'm going to be mad. Absolutely. And you know, the cool thing is my kids didn't never have to lie to me. So somebody said they lied. I was like, they're not lying because they never have to lie to me about anything. And, mm -hmm. they, you know, because you would go, like, sometimes you meet with people or, like, you go meet with a teacher and they're like, well, maybe your kid doesn't tell. I'm like, nah, they tell me everything. I know even stuff I probably don't want to hear, but <laughs> they tell me and it's all, it's all good. And we have that kind of family relationship where it's all on the table. Yeah. Um, I used to, you know, my son – you know, smart, smart guy, 
but didn't really love school. So sometimes I'd say to him, man, please, please, son, please don't get a progress report or please make sure you get all your homework done because they used to have this thing when they're in elementary school. If you, you missed an assignment or something, they, they send you a note home. And, uh, and when they, would, when they would, used to do that, I, I used to be like, son, please, please don't get a letter home for not turning in an assignment. You're going you're gonna to ruin my weekend. I'm going, I'm trying to take your mom out this weekend. You're going to ruin my weekend. It's not about stuff that you did in school. And it was never a big deal. So it was never, you know, it wasn't like, you know, I was getting called into the principal's office or anything like that. But, you know, I always defended my children a lot. One thing I'll tell you, this interesting, funny story. So, uh, my son, uh, he was, he's always upfront and honest, especially when he was young. He never, he always told the truth. He always kept it real. And I remember one of his teacher, I can't, re- can't remember what grade it was, tried to say he didn't have manners, right? So mm. the teacher thought, she's like, oh, well, he doesn't have manners. Well, my wife, we're sitting in this meeting. She is putting her nails into my leg because she knows I'm about to lose it on this woman because <laughs> I will tell you one thing what, at any time you could tell me my son was slow at math or he read slow or you know or he you know was slow at what he was doing you could even tell me he didn't turn his homework in on time or something like that but yeah. the one thing I would tell you 120 percent is that my son has manners. And I know he does because even when I'm not around, you know when parents say, oh my God, how do you get him to act like that? Or how, wow. (laughs) Like like people would, the teachers would tell me, oh my God, the most mannerly, oh my, he's so helpful. He's the most mannerly kid. And and he's always honest. If he didn't do something, he'd say, oh, I didn't do it. He never lied. So when this woman, this teacher said this, and I and then they then it was the illusion of well is there a problem at home, and I said well is there a problem in your classroom because <laughs> he does everything he does everything I tell him to do what his mother tells him to do maybe it's something you're doing, and my wife is like putting that, that those those nails in the knee babe don't go crazy, so I calmed down and I said look, and as I just said before I said you can tell me he's slow in his math you can tell me he doesn't turn his homework yet. You can tell me that, you know, he doesn't feel like playing because he likes to, you know, during recess, he likes to kick his feet up and, and put his head uh, his hands behind his head. Yeah. But you will never tell me my son's not mannerly. Four weeks later, the lady apologized. She pulled me to the side. She said, you were so – because I even told her, I said, you don't know my son. You don't know our son. Clearly you don't. And four weeks later, she was like, I am so sorry – he is the most mannerly kid I've ever had in all my years teaching. He's always so supportive of others. Because my son was always like, when I say, hey, that's a great drawing, he's like, oh, but my friend Justin, he draws better pictures than me. Or like, oh, I really like your science uh, uh, science project. Oh, but my friend Janine, her science project is so much better than mine. He was always that supportive kid. So yeah. I think for me, I was always like, I was always going to defend them. I'm always going to support them, and 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 you know I I feel that I have a great relationship with them because they can tell me anything, and I and I always tell them what's up, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. 
Yeah, no, that's 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 awesome. I mean, to to really as and as you touched on, to build that in the foundation. Um, yeah. So many times, I feel like parents can want something from their child's older in life, but you didn't set that foundation and really establish that characteristic that you want for them early enough. Yes, I think sometimes. It depends on the parents. Sometimes parents want to be their kids' friends. And look, I wanted to be friendly with them. But, I, but you know, we also drew a line in the sand and said, hey, here's, I'm the parent and you're not. Mm -hmm. uh, my daughter and I have this, we have this, you know, e even when she was young, we used to make fun of each other and say these things. And then, you know, when I had to draw a line in the sand, I'd have to say, hey, I'm not joking anymore. This is what's going on. And yeah. she would just, she would like be cool. She'd understand the lie. We'd be joking around, could say anything or do anything, but I'd say, hey, here's where we're at. And she'd know like, okay, now the jokes aren't, we're not joking anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, both of my kids are, they're different. It's, it's interesting because your, your relationships change with children uh, based on how things are going in their life, right? Sometimes yeah. you're closer to one child more than the other. Like, like, here's the thing. When, when, when parents say that they, they like their kids the same, they are lying. Because it depends <laughs> on their relationship at the time. Sometimes you feel closer to one kid and closer to the other kid, and it just depends. Now, you love them the same and equally. Mm -hmm. you, you, give them, you, would, you would give them anything you could for each one of them, but your relationship, as, a, as your friendly relationship with them, is completely different. And it yeah. depends. Like, sometimes I feel a lot closer to my daughter, depends on what's going on in her life and if she needs me more. And sometimes I feel a lot closer to my son, depends on what's going on in his life. Now, I love them equally, but sometimes I get along with one of them better than the other, depends on the, the week, the month, the year, right? Yeah, and, and, acti I, and ac activity. Absolutely. Depends on, depends on the activity and what it is. And I think sometimes parents will say, Hey, you know, I like my kids all the same. You don't because you're lying because it's not true. <laughs> you don't like your kids equally because it depends on the situation. You yeah. love them equally. Absolutely. I love both of my kids. Now, you know, you know, there have been weeks or months I'm closer to my daughter and we're like in, in sync and we go out, we go to a movie together and hang out together. And then some days I probably drive her crazy. She drives me crazy and I spend more time with my son and we, we connect on things. So, and it all depends, but I, I've been very fortunate that because I've had, you know, they have a wonderful mother yeah. who has been, who is my partner, who's been my partner. It's just very, very helpful when raising children, when you have that. And, and, you know, my hats are is always off to single parents because I know you've got to do so many things. Yeah. It's very difficult and stressful. And I will, you know, my hats are off to those folks, but I didn't have to go through that. But what I did go through uh, was just making sure that I let them know I was their father and that I loved them and I would do whatever I could to support them. And, and what, whatever they decided to do, I, you know, I played sports in school and, you know, they, you know, my son played some sports, my daughter played sports, she played rugby and her team won the national championship back in uh uh back in pennsylvania oh, wow. and you know and i i tried to be supportive and give them information and ask them questions i, I might say hey what should you have done in the game what could you have done better or different without coaching them yeah um, i think i probably 
really, I was the opposite. I, I just didn't want to be the helicopter parent and always coaching them and this and that. Like, if they showed interest in something, I wanted to support them. But I wasn't one of those guys that was like, hey, yeah, we're going to go. I'm going to coach you this way, and we're going to do this. You're going to do that. I was more of that guy that was, you know, hey, if this is what you want to do, I'm going to help you get there. You, you, if you want, don't you want to do that? That's you okay. To, you wanted to be their fan. Yes. Yes. I wanted to be their fan, and I didn't want to be their coach, and I wanted them to – if they wanted to push themselves to do something great, I was all in on supporting them. Yeah. You know, my son was serious about like, Hey, I want to football. I want to work on this. And I have, I have some buddies who played in the NFL who showed him some stuff. And I always try to work on those things. He was a lineman. So I tried to work on, on, on his snapping as a center. I tried to work with him on hand fighting and, and all of those things. And, when that was important to him, that's what I did. And if it wasn't important to him, I was like, you know, if you want to, you know, don't want to do that, that's fine too. You know, what was saying with my daughter, if, you know, she wanted to, uh, she, she had some activities we used to go to. Uh, she did that color guard with the flags and the rifles and you throw them up and all this stuff. Yeah. I remember I would have to spend all day Saturday, <laughs> hours and hours away. And, and so we'd get there and we'd set up and I'd buy food for all the kids and all this stuff. And, 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 and you know, we would sit there and sit there and they'd perform for like three minutes. And then we would sit there and I was like, wait a minute. We drove 800 hours and, and been here all day sitting in these hard bleacher seats to see her perform for three hours or three minutes, excuse me. And my wife would be like, now, come on. I said, you're right. I'm not going to say a word. But, yeah, so, I mean, when she was into that, I was all in. And then when when she said she wanted to do something different, I was like, thank God. <laughs> I don't want any part of that. No offense to anyone who's listening that whose children are in color guard. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. They're very talented. But for me, I was like, oh, my God, we just drove five hours to watch our daughter perform for three minutes. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely a lot. I mean, father fatherhood for you has definitely been a a, a venture and and a, a a ability to to be all of you and to another level, I'm sure, and everything. So, what is what has been some of the lessons you've really taken from from being a father that you've learned personally about yourself? Well, I would say one of the things I learned is their life is their life, and you can't tell them how to do it. You can't. You can't really show them how to live their life. You can only be supportive of them and, you know, give them, like I talked about before, the foundation, yeah. but give them some non-negotiables and everything else hopefully works itself out. So I'll, you know, my father used to tell me, if you let your yeses be yes and your noes be no, and you don't waffle on that, everything can take care of itself in between there. Mm -hmm. So I tried to do... I had some non-negotiables for me as a father with my children that they know they're like, okay, this is a non-negotiable. You know, I got to be careful of how I, you know, tread around a certain subject yeah. and they do me and I'm trying to be consistent. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and someday, you know, I'm a human being too. So some days, um, you know, certain things I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna let this go. And sometimes I'm like, no, I'm not gonna let this go. I think that was one of the things is just 
kind of letting them live their lives and be there to guide them as if you're, you're kind of the, you know, you're kind of like in a sailboat and you're just guiding them. You, you, and it's not a speedboat. You can't turn it and go where you want, where you want them to go. You just guide them like mm-hmm. the wind, like a sailboat. I think the second thing that I learned was I used to do this every day. So sometimes people are like, well, how did you do with family, kids, work, all this stuff? I used to come home every single day and I would take a deep breath and I would say to myself, and I take about a minute because you, and I still do this. Like when I come home, I might send an email or take a deep breath. And I say to myself, and I do this every single day. I have been on for all of these people in the world that I most likely don't care about. Now it's time for me to be on for the people that are most important to me. Mm. And when I take that breath and go in the house, and I didn't, you know, I wasn't perfect at this, but I tried yeah. to be engaged with my family as much as possible. So mm. those, so those, those two things of guiding them and and and, and you, it's their life and, and kind of helping them, and then making sure that I did my best to be on with my family with my children, every opportunity I had. So, cause if you think about it, you're out in the world, you're working with people and I'm not saying you don't like them or you meet people. I'm not saying you don't like them. But that's a lot of energy. It's a lot of energy. Yeah, it is. But and at the end of the day, those people don't really matter. You, you, you have a career and you want to do that. Or if you run a business, you want to do that. You want to do it well, but at the end of the day, those people don't matter. Mm-hmm. But when you come home, those two, three, four, five, whatever size three, whatever size family you have, you need to be on for them. That yeah. means helping with laundry, helping with dishes, helping put things away, sometimes helping with homework, whatever that is. I, I realized that, that the fact that I tried my best to be on, that's why I have a good relationship with, with my kids. And when my, you know, when your children go off to go to college or they go off to, to, to start their careers, checking in with them consistently and try to just making sure that they're okay because they get busy with life. You get busy with life. Sometimes you just need to call and say, Hey, want to see how you're doing? Hey, you need anything? Hey, you know, I'll Venmo you $10 or whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. that those are the, those are the, you know, the important things I think that I learned as a father is the, is, is being present in the moment the best that I could. No, that's that's a huge lesson um, and a lesson, like you said, that has to be practiced every day. I mean, the transition of energy, no matter what you're doing, it could be you going from work to you going to the gym to you going to then hang out with your family or your friends and then going to see your family. So it's it's a transition of a, a lot of energy and everything. And so those were some some great tips and things that you learned. Um, any advice um, as we close it out here, any advice for um fathers to be out there young fathers or just fathers in general well i will just tell them um the main thing they have to realize being a father and whether they're in a relationship or not hopefully they're in a relationship uh committed relationship with uh, the mother but even if they're not they have to realize that sometimes the people that are closest to us may hurt us and sometimes it's our children they mm-hmm. don't mean to do that. They don't because they're children and they love you. And sometimes they say or do things that are, you know, can hurt your feelings or make you feel some kind of way. The best thing that I've told 
that I've told anyone about fatherhood, be okay with saying, hey, you said this, and this made me feel this way. Mm. And I don't appreciate the way you're talking to me, or I don't appreciate what you did and how it made me feel. And even going down to, to when they're young, they're like, oh, I'm sorry, Dad. I didn't mean to. I didn't realize. And you can, you can have a good relationship by telling them exactly where they stand based on the decisions they've made and who they are. And I think the second thing is, is just understanding you don't know what you don't know. And the more that you open your relationship up and your heart to your kids and be okay that they're going to stumble, they're going to make mistakes and still love them and support them and put them on the right path that, that you can, the best you can. And if you do that, I think you can have the relationship and the fulfillment that you, you want as a parent. I think, you know, when they're young, you just want to make sure that you keep their finger out of the light socket and keep <laughs> falling or hurting themselves. And as they get older, you want to keep them from, you know, getting into any wrecks or anything that could, that could harm them. Because, you know, as parents, we want to make sure our, our kids outlive us. And there's no, there's no perfect way to do things and there's no guarantee in life. But the more you communicate with your children, the more that you show them you love them, the more you do your best to try to provide and give them a good role model as a father, the better your relationship is going to be, the happier you're going to be. Even if you happen to not be with their mother, it, if you're doing your part and you're not – my father used to tell me it takes two people to, hang, to, to, to argue – if you just take a deep breath and even when the other person and you're not in a relationship and they're frustrated, just understand, have a little bit of empathy for their frustration and what's going on. And then I think as a father, if you do that, you're going to have a fulfilling life. You're going to be, have a supportive life and you're going to have a, a really good relationship with your children. That's my two cents. That's, that's some great advice, even for me as a hopeful to-be father sometime in the future. I will definitely put that in my father back uh, toolbox and pull it out when the time is appropriate. Um, Tobin, um, again, thank you so much. This is some great advice. Great to hear um, your story and everything. And I've seen you with your children a couple of times and definitely can attest to that just real genuine um, fatherhood and everything. And sometimes I'm like, Tobin should have like be a sitcom dad and like just have that show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. They probably say my dad's kind of crazy, but yeah. <laughs> they hey, probably you... no way. <laughs> well, I, I would watch it. So if it eventually becomes like a Netflix series or something, that know that you already got a future viewer. All right, that sounds good. I, I, I appreciate that. It, and you know what? If you actually shop into one of those networks, then you can get a piece of the pie. So there you oh, go. Hey, man, I, I appreciate it. We can all eat at the table. So uh, thanks, thanks again, Tobin. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Doug. You have a good one. Like I said, I love your show. I love everything you do. And I just appreciate you. And uh, and I'm appreciative of being your friend, man. I love you. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Likewise, man. Appreciate it. Take care. You too. Bye now. All right. This has been another episode of Dig Undug. I really hope you got something out of this. And if you did, go ahead and make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a comment below. I want to hear from you. Also, you can reach me on Instagram at digundug or email me at digundug at gmail.com. Share this with your family, friends, co-workers, and your squad. I look forward to your comments. And with that, keep digging, y'all. Peace.
Peace out.